Welcome to the Breathe Podcast, where we explore the intersection of faith and creativity. We interview artists from all walks of life to discover how faith plays a role in their art and expression, hoping to encourage you to live a life of creativity and faith. And now, please welcome your co-hosts, Derek Engoy, Christian Mendoza, and Kevin Horton. Yup, yup. Welcome back to the Breathe Faith and Creativity podcast. Welcome back to another episode from Torrance, California. I am Derek Engoy, chiming in from Cerritos, California. We got Christian Mendoza. What up, Chris? Yo, yo. Yo, and from Long Beach, California, we got my man Kevin Horton on the microphone. What up, sir? I'm the old school yo yo. <laughs> the Duncan, <laughs> the Duncan Donut. I've been dunked. I'm a big donut, and I am fly as a guy at in Long Beach, and that does not. <laughs> Look at you! Look at you trying to rhyme, rhyme, rhyme. Hey, so Kevin, how has your week been, man? What's what's going on with you? What's new with you? Do you ever have those weeks where God pitches from the right field and does an amazing work in your life, and you didn't even expect it, but then you realize you needed it? Yeah, that's Mookie Betts. If you're talking Dodgers, that's right field right there. So Mookie Betts <laughs> is, is <laughs> throwing you some curveballs from the right field. What's up? Oh, exactly. I, we, I spent some part time with a good friend this weekend, and we got addressed some major issues. And um, I started crying in my mascara. I started rolling, and I'm, I was glad I was not on camera because it was pretty ugly. Oh. It was an ugly cry. No, but you love those, don't you? You love those moments where you can be honest. I do. Yeah, which plays into... Our episode this week, you know, when we're talking about emotional health with Sessie part two. So, um, yeah, looking forward to unpacking that. Uh, you know, for me, you know, this past week we ended our our workshop that I've been talking about over the past couple months. And man, oh my gosh, you're talking about emotional highs and and even lows, Kevin. Man, I was so so proud of our students. They came into their own. We had this gal who signed up who was very hesitant just because she doesn't consider herself a writer or a creative of any sorts. But uh, my co-facilitator convinced her to come on. And you know, what was neat was they all jumped on the open mic at Soapbox a couple of weeks back. And it was so amazing seeing our students go up there. Um, all of them. No, maybe three Three of them, the majority of them, uh, was their first time on an open mic, and it was so amazing to see. And, and I say emotional because they were so um, – they got deep with their writing. They came into their own to discover who they, who they are, and it was so, so amazing to see. So, yeah, I, 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 we ended April um, on such a high, high note, and just reflecting on that was such, such, a, such a great – great moment. And so talk about God throwing a pitch from right field. It was so, so amazing to, to see and be a part of, uh, Chris, Chris, how's your week been? My week has been kind of cool too. I mean, I, I ended up kind of being mellow and kind of laid low, uh, hung out with Carrie and John friends of the podcast. That's and right. yeah, we actually took kind of took church outside of church, which is kind of like one of our goals that we were talking about, you know, during the podcast season. And, you know, I hung out with Kevin during church and he actually cheered me up. You know, he was talking about my painting and joking around. And so, yeah, this last week, I've kind of noticed that my energy is a bit a little lower than normal, but I've had some people pick me up, you know, and, and that's what's really cool about being affiliated with the church, you know, and that's what I really love about it. Yeah, that's cool. It's actually Mother's Day and in celebration of moms around the world, you know, for our icebreaker question, uh, what was the one favorite activity that you did or do with your mom? Uh, and let's go ahead and start with you, Kevin. One of the favorite activities I did with my mom was we would sit outside in our backyard and we would just talk and we would have a father, son, I'm father, son, no, uh, mother, mother, whoever I am. <laughs> um, one of those talks. Mother, daughter, Kevin. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, wow. Then, then, yeah, that, yeah. One of those talks, and it was just really amazing because every time we talk, we would just laugh, and we would laugh so hard we would cry, mm -hmm. and it was just so much joy. And we would, and she would start laughing, I would start laughing. Then you ever have it where you you you're not laughing, but then you can't stop laughing because somebody else is laughing. Yeah, 
Yeah, it's it's, it's contagious. It's very healing. Very yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. How about you, Derek? Yeah, you know, one thing my mom and I used to do, well, maybe it was the whole family, but she definitely seemed to have led the charge in doing this. But it was it was going to Universal Studios every year. Oh, nice. Yeah. And you can't see this, but Kevin is raising the roof there. It's both of our favorite <laughs> theme parks. And, uh, you know, whether we had family come with us or it was just our immediate four, I remember going to Universal with such... You know, vivid memories. You know, I remember watching the Western show, which is unfortunately not there anymore. You know, lifting up an A-team van, watching the A-team show that eventually turned into the Miami Vice show. And then, of course, the longstanding, amazing Waterworld show. You know, I remember going on the tram and being afraid of the Frankenstein's monster. And, uh-huh. you know, who, who seemed to know that I was scared and would purposely try to t- try to hunt me down as I tried to hide behind my mom. And, you know, I remember uh-huh. watching the Conan show, of course, too, with its waterfall curtain. Man, it was it was so much fun. And, you know, I, it really accentuated my love for cinema and everything behind the scenes when it comes to movie making and filmmaking. I actually I actually wanted to be a stuntman when I was younger because of my time. Oh, crazy. Yeah, uh-huh. because of my time at Universal Studio. But. Yeah, I remember my mom spearheading our trips, and it was such a joyful experience for me that really la- left a lasting impression on how I viewed movies as a whole. So, you know, thanks, mm-hmm. Mom, for your yeah. unintentional encouragement of me pursuing yeah. movies with such passion and fervor. So happy Mother's Day, Moms. What about yeah. you, Chris? Uh, me? I mean, well, my mom was taking care of my brother when he was sick all the time, right? And so majority of the time we would spend in the hospital. But... One thing that we did, it was just her and I, was we would go shopping, like at the mall or the grocery store. Mm. And and it actually was a time for me to actually have a normal relationship with my mom, where I don't hear IV beeps, I don't hear emergency alarms, I don't hear codes over the loudspeaker at the hospital. And instead of smelling like anti-disinfectant soaps, you know, betadine and all that, or alcohol, I'm smelling chocolate chip cookies. Mm. I'm smelling popcorn. Mrs. Fields? (laughs) Yeah, totally. Right. And so I'm being normal. And so that's probably the one thing that that I kind of cherish the most at grocery shopping, too, Hmm. because you kind of learn like, hey, if I tag along with mom during grocery shopping, maybe I could get some extra stuff. So, yeah. So you know, I used to have them with us, too. (laughs) Yeah. You get the dope cereal. Right. And so you get your own cereal. You get to choose what you get for lunch. And so that was kind of our special bonding moment you know, that we were able to share. So yeah, I love, love to all the moms around the world. Like we all have one. And so, yeah, just thanks. Thank you to all of them. Before we get into the rest of the show today, don't forget that we do have a brand new Instagram page. Thank you to everyone who has recently connected with us through Instagram. But if you're not following us yet, follow, follow. Yes. Make sure to check us out for news and updates. Our Instagram handle is at breathe podcast and help us out by spreading the word or we'll send frankenstein's monster after you <laughs> and I, have some, I have some stories about actually how he, he used to i don't know how frankenstein monster used to do that but he would come up within the, the your your sight of vision and scare the living daylights That's out of right. you he just he's standing and you know i'm five thousand years old and he did that to me about a year ago and i'm still reeling from that experience but i'll, I'll be okay you'll be okay kevin you are and also, I wanted to take this time. To, <laughs> yeah, and I also wanted to take this time to remind everyone to rate and review our our show on Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star rating. Let us know how we're doing and show us some love. You can even list out, you know, some questions that you may have that you'd like us to address on the show, and we'll do our best to get them answered at a timely manner. And make sure you hit the subscribe button and get notifications every time we release a new episode. And much love to our Patreon supporters, who we are now calling producers, executive producers, because of your support, your monthly support. You help produce this show and help cover the costs that go into paying for all of the online services that we have to pay into to keep the show running. And of course, if you go to the Patreon page forward slash Derek Engoy, you'll see different tiers of support, anywhere from a dollar to three to 10 and 20. And of course, each tier, you get an additional reward as a way for us to say thank you. Uh, we have audio downloads of the original music you hear on the show, You know, poems that I put up. We also have performance videos from Spoken Word, 
segments that I do exclusive to our Patreon community. We also have the uncut version of all the interviews that we've been doing. If you want access to those, head on over, show us support, become an executive producer of the show, and we will be so careful to say thank you so much for your support and love. Okay, so last week, uh, or actually we're on to the second part of Ceci Garcia's interview, but yeah. last week, Derek, you actually asked me a question that just totally stumped me. Hmm. Uh, it was the, how do you rip the Band-Aid off in Karen Tyson Brown's interview? Right. Yeah, and when I initially thought of that, I'm like, whoa, there was like an explosion of all kinds of thoughts <laughs> in my head, right? And I'm like, how do I answer this? And so I said, oh, well, maybe in Ceci's part two. Uh and one of the things that uh, that that I kind of learned throughout the whole my whole dealing with depression was I noticed that until I fully incorporated my belief in God and Jesus, did I actually get to the root cause of yeah. my situation and my emotions. And especially within the last two years, I mean, we're kind of talking about bringing church out of church, making the right decisions, you know, uh, hanging out with people that have your best interest in mind and that that kind of push you to become a better person. Mm-hmm. And it all revolves around the church. And, and one, one thing that I wanted to ask you guys is, yeah, like healing and therapy and religion and spirituality. I mean, they're kind of hand in hand. I mean, we've, we've all been kind of talking about like Kevin's talking about the breathing exercises and that we both, we all took that emotionally healthy spirituality course, yeah. which is a combination of psychotherapy and religion. And yeah, it was being able to get that introspection, you know, uh, that was pretty much what connected me. I mean, so what do you guys think, Kevin? I mean, let's start with you. I mean, in, in, in your history, I mean, how do you find uh, the relationship between healing and therapy and religion and spirituality? They all interconnect because when you were talking right now, all I could think about was my prayer time on Sunday. And I didn't even expect it to be a, a rem- remarkable prayer time. I mean, I was just calling a good friend and we, we started praying. And the beautiful thing about it is, since he talks about it a lot, is call things out for what they are. Yeah, uh, and and that's what God did for me. And I, I, I'll I'll be the poster child for that. Where he <laughs> he just said call. He called out things in my past that mm-hmm. I was I was harboring, and uh, this other person didn't. Well, they had a, a gift of knowledge, and they 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 just laid it out, and it was everything that I was dealing with that morning. And and the Lord said. We're going to call it out, and you're going to be done with it, and you're forgiven. And it was just one of those things where you, God was pitching from right field again, where you, he just hit you in the head with the ball, and you realize, where'd that come from? <laughs> and it was something about the intersection of everything. Like you were saying, Chris, without God and Jesus Christ in my life, that wouldn't have happened. Yeah, so what, how about you, Derek? Like, what do you think? What are your thoughts about healing and therapy and religion and spirituality? Yeah, so I have an interest, a different kind of, slight different, maybe I'm throwing Mm -hmm. now the ball from right field, slightly curved Uh a little bit, but, you know, religion, like most organized entities, because let's call it for what it is, right? You talked about that, Kevin. Uh, Religion, it is. It's on the surface. It's an organized entity. Uh, But like most other organized entities, like politics or education or even therapy, uh, religion is really only scratching the surface. And what I mean by that is you can go to church right? You can go to therapy even, you can go to school, but just the simple yeah. act of going isn't going to get you anywhere, right? Uh-huh. If you don't take right. the initiative to dig deeper, right? So yeah. now when, when it comes to healing from a holistic perspective, religion yeah. in and of itself can't do anything for you. Sure, you'll get some insightful scripture verses or even be part of a loving community to be surrounded by, but if you don't get to the root of a lot of our issues uh, from a spiritual standpoint, uh, you're not going to get there unless you dig, And you have to do the work and you have to allow God to do what God wants to do in you. And as we begin to hear from God, as we begin to hear from the Holy Spirit on how to move forward in the areas of our lives that need healing, then we really need to walk in obedience because you know, again, that's that's what that's what God is there for. God is going to speak wisdom, God is gonna speak you know, a direction toward healing, and we're left with a choice. We're left with a choice of whether we're gonna walk in that wisdom or not. And it doesn't happen automatically, right? God is not a magician right? where God waves a magic wand and all of a sudden we're healed, right? Yeah. If we don't respond to what God wants to do in and through us, then we're going to remain the same. Otherwise, in other words, we're going to remain stagnant. And so the way I see it, 
religion, again, and everything that comes with the organization of it can get you to the door. Yeah. Right? It can get you there. Yeah. If yes. I could use that language, but you really have uh, to to open the door. You really have to to dig deep and walk through the door to to experience that deeper healing, right? It's it's in yeah. that again. I bring back the Holy Spirit. It's in that where the Holy Spirit guides us, so that we can experience holistic healing. We can we can mm-hmm. get to the door, but we have to actually open the door and walk through in, in order to experience this holistic healing that we've been talking about over the past season and to, to some extent to what Sessie was talking about. And so that's the long and short of uh-huh. my take on religion and healing. How about, how about you? Why don't you unpack a little bit what you were getting at? Uh, uh sure. Yeah. Uh, pretty much it's, it's with the introspection and what, what religion has taught me is it taught me how to use my heart, mm. you know, just like the Tin Man from The Wizard of Oz. <laughs> yeah. We're talking about disconnect between the head and the heart, right? Yeah. And that's usually where you get disappointed. And that's basically what was happening to me. And until I actually accepted Jesus and God, those are what put it in alignment, mm. you know? And and uh, it's like, you know, like when we were, the Bible studies, Derek, remember we were talking about the difference between wisdom and, and, and knowledge? Yeah. Yeah. Well, now it's like by fully accepting God and Jesus, it's like, dude, this is wisdom now. I'm actually applying it. Hmm. It's not it's not, oh, I know what to do and I'm not doing it anymore. Right. It's actually they're all coming into alignment. And actually the 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 light, the darkness and light uh, series that Pastor Michelle had me do the very first one. If you look at my 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 Instagram account, it's at Doza one nine five art. It's actually uh, a depiction of that. It's mm. it's a picture of whole flower jasmine tea, right? And it's a drip carafe where uh, you it's a drip. It's normally a pour over coffee carafe that you you, you do coffee with, mm-hmm. but instead I have an image of of whole flower jasmine tea, uh, the whole flower uh, jasmine tea, and what that carafe is supposed to represent is your spirit. Mm. It's supposed to be transparent. And then the the warm waters are actually a symbolization of the baptism. Right. When I when you baptized me, that, that water was warm. And I'm <laughs> yeah. like, whoa, yeah. this actually feels good. Got a heater up and in then, there. Yeah. And then and then another thing where the jasmine flower represents is it also represents the relationship between Jesus being the vine, mm-hmm. you know, we being the branch. Yeah. And A, if we're aligned together, we can make awesome fruits and we can make beautiful flowers. Yeah, that's good. And and that's pretty much the whole opening statement is it was me being able to to, to pour introspection into myself. Mm-hmm. I and then I got that oneness with God, and that's really what allowed me to peel that band-aid off. That's so cool. Like yeah. that was the number one right there. And so when I did that opening image, I'm like, oh, Pastor Michelle's gonna like this, and I think a lot of other people will too. Yeah. Because they could relate to it. That's cool. Yeah, so on to the second half of the interview with a friend of the podcast, a licensed and marriage family therapist from San Francisco, California, our friend Cecilia Basia, a.k.a. Sessie. I mean, so what are what are some of the some of the methods that I mean that you guys that your clients deal with? know that may not be so stereotypical but also work for you or your clients um well soul soul retrieval for one for sure um is is Mm -hmm. one that i do with all clients so really um Uh so soul retrieval the the thing that i just mentioned about the three wisdoms um i refer to that as coherence Uh so um being able Mm -hmm. to um tap into and receive the subtle wisdoms of not just the mind, but the heart and the mm-hmm. body. So I, I work a lot with folks in mm-hmm. um, creating a space where they can practice tapping into the wisdoms of the heart and the body. So we're literally going to, um, you know, if, if we're talking in, um, in, in a, a subtle uh, split in the energy, I might pause and ask like, okay, what just happened there? It feels like there's a split. Um, where in your body are you feeling energy stuck or moving more or where is there tension? Um, and we'll identify that place and actually talk to that part of the body um, and ask what wisdom does it want to share? Um, so a lot of um, 
almost like slowing down the whole process in order to really tap into the wisdoms that are simultaneously occurring that we can we can miss because they're so subtle. And yeah, it's 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 almost yeah, it's kind of cool. It's like with the way you describe it, it's almost like what I did yoga. Yeah. It it's almost it seems it seems a lot like that, but yours is more like more specifically for feeling your body. And then yoga is, I guess, more for the breathing and the sweating and the circulation. But I mean, how are they? This or how are they similar? And how are they different? Um, they are super. Because I know you've done both. Yeah, they're super similar. Um, uh, so when I think about yoga, and like I'll speak from my my own experience, yoga was so healing mm-hmm. um, uh, in my own journey. Particularly, I did Ananda yoga. Uh, so every pose mm-hmm. has uh, an affirmation that goes with it. So we're aligning the mm-hmm. wisdoms of the mind, the heart, and the body. So you've got this physical pose that the body is engaged with. For example, uh, the warrior one pose. Um, uh-huh. the, the words or the affirmation that uh, mm-hmm. were connected to that were um, with one foot in the future, in one foot in the past, mm-hmm. I am firmly centered in the present. So aligning the mm-hmm. mind um, and and yeah. the spirit, which which is which is breath, beautifully aligning with like mm-hmm. the name of your show, um, mm-hmm. breath. Mm-hmm. If we look at the root of the word breath, inspiration is to breathe in spirit. Mm-hmm. We even like really dig into in the beginning there was the word right. So we are giving life to uh, vibration and creation through the vibration of the words that we choose. So when our breath, spirit, or word is aligned with the body, um, the heart, and the mind, yeah, um, ooh, it's just beautiful. Yeah, even when you breathe and meditate, yeah. you're you're always yeah. supposed to think, oh, think, think light going in and negative going out. Yeah. I mean, it's from a therapeutic standpoint. Yeah. I mean, from a scientific and a religious, it's like. T- it all kind of it all kind of works in its own special way. It's kind of dope like that. Yeah, and and even on that note, so so like leaning back into uh, what is the concept of trauma? And again, it's it's separation. Mm-hmm. And so even the concept of mm-hmm. science versus spirituality, um, those were not always separate. Mm-hmm. So they just became separate yeah. at a certain point in time. So they're not really separate. You could probably find, um, you know, 80% of things that are considered uh, spiritual, you can, or 80% plus, uh, you can find scientific data that also explains it. So kind of on that note, how you did this beautiful gesture of imagining breath and light coming in through the head. Um, Another modality Mm -hmm. that I use is something called personal energy management, where um, I mentioned earlier how we all have an electromagnetic biofield which is like a torus shape energy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the planet has one. Mm-hmm. And there are multiple um, of these um, energy fields within the body. We can think of actually uh, every cell in the body is its own energetic field. Uh-huh. So, whoa, right? Um, mm-hmm. And so yeah. when we do personal energy management, it's learning how to reclaim your sovereignty of your electromagnetic biofield mm-hmm. um, and rebalance it. Because often our, um, our quote chakras or our different energy fields related to, to different aspects of us yeah. are, they're just all over the place. So yeah. you can learn to rebalance yes. them and then also how to um, connect yeah. back into the electromagnetic biofield of the earth so that you can release uh, excess yes. energy um, or, or stagnant yeah. energy. Like the walking barefoot, yeah. being near water, yep, yep. Uh, the yoga, the hiking, yes. all that stuff. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, basically what you're talking about, the electromagnetic field, yep. I'm here, I'm talking to, I, 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 I talk to other people, they call it uh, managing your batteries or Ooh, honoring your battery. Yes. Cool. You know, like you, your heart, right? I mean, you're basically doing the same thing. You know, it's like saying, hey, I can only do so much in a day. I can't do more than that because I know if I do that, I'm going to give people the worst version of myself come three weeks later. 
And that's what a lot of people do. They don't go to sleep. Mm -hmm. They don't give themselves enough rest, not enough self-love. They don't say no, there's no boundaries. Mm -hmm. And so they wonder why, you know, their, their situation is the way it is. And I think that's a lot of it has to do with just honoring yourself, knowing who you are, knowing what allows you to operate at your best. And that's, that's, that's kind of what I found. Yeah. And, And again, you know, really looking at, you know, um, just, just really want to plant that question. How did we get here? In whose culture are, mm-hmm. are have we assimilated to? Right mm-hmm. again, it's the dominant Western colonizing mm-hmm. culture. Um, yeah. One of the aspects. There's this beautiful article um, called "White Supremacy Culture," and even as I say that, I want to preface by saying, like, uh-huh. um, white supremacy culture is not just white people. Um, we as as people mm-hmm. of color, we've been programmed to also contribute to mm-hmm. and um, learn these patterns of, of this type of culture. And one of the aspects of that, um, two of the yeah. aspects, three, actually, there's a lot that are, let me just say, mm-hmm. yeah, ahead, let's oh, talk let, about let me all. say this. So <laughs> every ahead. person that I work with and all the work that I do, period, it's about unlearning uh-huh. white supremacy culture within us. colonial mentality and Mm -hmm. looking at how the history of colonization has created a split in our souls Mm -hmm. um, and also how that, um, Mm -hmm. you know, leads to stigmatization of emotions, et cetera. But what you just named there in particular, there's a concept, uh, one of the concepts of perfectionism, this idea that um, I cannot let anybody know that I am imperfect. And assume that's one right perfectionism that doesn't allow for us to fully be the self and be able to yeah. be real. Um, and like you said, then yeah, it's too ego driven. Yes, exactly. And and then the concept of defensiveness comes up, which is also part of this culture mm-hmm. um, of like if if anyone were to even yeah. call us out on it, um, the ego can't handle this concept that it's not perfect. It's this culture is very, it has the myth of fragility, let's say that. Um, so it's typically going to be defensive and project anything out onto someone else because it can't take accountability for its own shadow sides. Again, you yeah. know, indigenous cultures, yeah. um, the shadow side is a part of life. It's a part of the human experience. But this dominant mm-hmm. culture, it, uh, it's like, nope, nope, nothing here, nothing to look at, which is, um, you know, not. Yeah. It's kind of like a, we're rewarding narcissism, exactly. basically. If, yeah. Narcissistic attitudes. Exactly. Yeah. If you actually look at the the mm-hmm. um, characteristics of narcissism, um, it directly correlates with mm-hmm. with these concepts that um, that we're talking about right now. So. Oh, like C, like CEOs. Yep. <laughs> like that yeah. kind of stuff. Yep. Yeah, yep. I know. <laughs> yep, yep. Um, mm-hmm. And, um, but then like concepts like. Uh, objectivity that there is only one way to live, to think, to be successful. So, and and a lot of, again, those might be kind of like the top things that that I typically work on, not just with individuals, but within organizations, perfectionism, Mm -hmm. either or thinking, Uh uh, objectivity, um, but I can't highlight enough that all of the work that I do, it's really about understanding the colonized mind versus the indigenous mind mm-hmm. and and giving people more choices about um, how they want to live, how they want to show up, and giving people tools to identify the patterns of the colonized mind that we've learned and inherited um, to be able to have choice and also just like, uh, what's the word I want to use? Self-compassion for the fact that we have these things because uh, it's kind of just what quote we inherited. So there's this really key piece of take it easy on yourself. What kind of choice did you even have? You know, we we literally inherited these these cultures. So have self-compassion, identify the um, pieces that are not working, and then look at the other ways of being. Um, if we, we think about the concept of healing, again, it's it's this concept of becoming whole again. So rather than putting things in the shadow and exiling them, remembering that shadow is, is just a yeah. place where the light has not yet hit. Or, or, 
yeah, yeah. It's it's kind of like you shouldn't be embarrassed of who you truly are. And that's kind of a shame. You should be, you know, yeah, yeah you shouldn't well, live life like that. Well, also taking the word shame out, right? Um, you and shitting, mm-hmm. like this concept of don't shit all over yourself, you kind of flipping mm-hmm. it, right? Like it makes sense why you're embarrassed because you've been programmed to think that that means something is wrong with you. And so yeah. it makes sense why yeah. you wouldn't want to um, connect with that part of yourself. And there's actually another yeah. way and <clears throat> another way to look at that or to be in relationship with that. So so with healing and the concept of um, becoming whole again, you, you kind of touched on this earlier too, you know, coping versus healing. Where coping is is often mm-hmm. um, like a band aid, like you said. Yes. And thinking about the concepts of of medicine, where medicine is something that actually heals the root cause, but the you know a lot of the medicine mm-hmm. quote medicines or pills they're not even touching the root cause. They're just masking the symptoms so that no. folks can go back <laughs> into industry. Yeah. Gr- granted, I will say this with with medication, there are um, times when um, there are safety reasons where perhaps um, there's like really acute symptoms and safety concerns where medication can be mm-hmm. beneficial. Um, and then there are other instances yeah. where it's like, actually, if you let yourself feel it, feel the pain and discomfort, that is what's going to liberate mm-hmm. you. Uh, this beautiful phrase of we liberate emotions by feeling them. Uh, we heal things by witnessing them. So even when we witness within ourselves, those shadow pieces or, or in others, that that part is healing. Yeah. So medicine actually is leaning into the discomfort because that's going to get you to the root of like what the symptom is from. Yeah. And then like, I think another thing too, I mean, what you talked about as well, like with the perfectionism is like, we just need to talk easier yep. to ourselves. Yeah. So we ourselves. are the meanest people to ourselves. So mean, right? Ooh, you could hear the things. <laughs> Yeah, so so I mean, from from a from a therapist, I mean, I mean, can you explain the whole process? I mean, I understand it as yeah, well, people have told you this your whole entire life, so you start talking to yourself that yeah. way. I mean, how, how how do you how do you how do you tackle that, and how do you deprogram yeah. that with somebody who's gone awesome through things question. like that? Um, so one of the uh, the key factors is again, kind of looking at brainwave states. I'll start by saying that the way to change um, our mental templates or programs and patterns, typically it's going to be one of two ways or a combination of both uh, through hypnosis or repetition. That's why we have things like uh, mm-hmm. affirmations. Well, you, you repeat them mm-hmm. enough and you uh, download a new program into the operating system, which is the brain. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, and then hypnosis, which is basically uh, getting into a, uh, typically a theta brainwave state where you have access to the subconscious and the conscious mind or this front part of the brain, um, ter- uh, you kind of bypass it. And so it's like a trap door uh, into reprogramming the subconscious. So we're in the delta to theta brainwave state from the ages of uh, zero to seven years old. So the experiences that we have during that time are very um, formative of creating our core beliefs in how we relate to ourselves, how we relate to other people, and how we relate to the world. So the concept of attachment will kind of will go in this direction. Mm-hmm. So when um, when we are little, like a newborn, but again, up until uh-huh. the age of seven, we cry and express a need. I'm hungry, I'm tired, mm-hmm. etc. And depending how this need is met, this formulates our core beliefs in relation of, of how we relate to ourselves, to others in the world. So let's say we cry and we're hungry, but our parent is tired and stressed, so they don't even uh-huh. hear us or they just say stop crying yeah. or or they respond with anger because they're frustrated. You know, there's all these different ways they can mm-hmm. respond. And um, the core belief that most folks, including myself, that, that gets mm-hmm. programmed into our brains at that time is I'm not good enough. I'm not loved. I'm not lovable. And so there's all of these uh, proxy 
core beliefs that come up with that as well. And so from that moment, we learn that we have to adapt or change something about ourselves in order to survive or to be accepted or to maintain mm-hmm. attachment to, at this time, someone who um, we need food from, we don't um, adapt, we, we literally die. And so we rec- mm-hmm. we get this program of um, a kind of like conditionality as opposed to unconditional love, that there's a condition that I have to meet which may not be my authentic self um, in order to survive. Um, So, you know, kind of linking back to that term of maladaptive as adults, we, we have the same patterns. However, the risk is not as high, but the way that we've received it. So, you know, we're not going to die because we can cook our own food for the most part. (laughs) Um, And, uh, but the way that the brain has received that program, the risk or the threat is still Mm -hmm. just as high. So often we kind of choose between mm-hmm. our authentic self, like compromising that or attachment, because we think those are our choices. Yeah. So yeah. the way that we reprogram it, first just identifying what, where those patterns are. And, and you can do things like affirmations in meditative states. Mm-hmm. I personally like write them all over the place. Like I've got post-its. And actually one of my favorite things is uh, is an altar. Again, kind of going back mm-hmm. to in indigenous traditions, an altar is a physical mm-hmm. representation of your heart. And so if you visit this altar every day mm-hmm. and you look at, uh, let's say, a crystal or an object that symbolizes, uh, I am absolutely mm-hmm. worthy just as I am. One of the most powerful ways to reprogram is actually gratitude. Gratitude gets you straight to like alpha mm-hmm. and theta brainwave state. So when you say something like, I love and appreciate amazing connections with people who I can fucking dive deep with, right? I'm pointing at you. <laughs> um, yeah. And, and yeah. I appreciate being my most authentic self. You've then, sh- you're beginning to shift that reticular activating system because then the brain is like, oh, that's what we want and that it feels good. So then it's going to uh, shift the filter yeah. And then uh, extract the data that proves that to be true. It's, the brain's literally an operating system. Yeah. yeah, it's like you end up tricking yourself in a way. I, I totally understand what you're saying. I mean, when I catch myself doing something that I really like to do, I'm like, hey, I'm so happy right now. Thanks. You know, and and you really smile, you know, and, and then you're kind of, you know, you're the, the energy field you're talking about, yeah. that gets a little better. Yep. You smile. The smiles are contagious. Yeah. You know, enough smiles. You're making the next person next to you smile. You know, and yeah, it's just spreading good vibes and just just good energy as opposed to negative, you know, which is kind of going on, which is kind of going on right now. Yeah. And, and literally those those vibes, like the Hertz vibrations, like you can actually measure those, um, mm-hmm. the lower vibrations. When you said negative, um, I, I love thinking of it like negative energy separates people just like a subtraction sign and positive energy mm-hmm. brings us together. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's like literally a science of vibrations that either repel or connect us. So let's go ahead and let's close this yeah. up, Ceci. I mean, so uh, what do you what what do you have to say to somebody who kind of feels isolated at this time? Yeah, um, I, I think for one, um, it makes sense why you feel the way that you do. Um, all of the unhealed, mm-hmm. you know, all the things that have been swept under the rug um, in humanity's history they're all surfacing and it's a lot to take in um i'll I'll say one more piece uh with you know connected to the information that's coming from the body so not only are you Mm -hmm. as you know your individual let's say chris self responding to Mm -hmm. all of the just multi-dimensional things happening in the world but so are your ancestors through your Mm -hmm. body it's overwhelming so who who wouldn't want to numb, right? Who wouldn't want to turn it off, especially when we're not mm-hmm. taught how to be in, quote, right relationship mm-hmm. to that. So there's nothing wrong with yeah. you. There's yeah. a lot happening within mm-hmm. us and around us. Yeah. Um, and I love the word meditation. Um, the root of the word meditation means to become mm-hmm. familiar with. So when we mm-hmm. get the chance to to be alone and to actually be isolated we can actually then hear what are our ancestors saying to us? 
through our bodies, through that discomfort, um, through, quote, you know, what we term as anxiety or depression. What is our heart telling us about? Mm-hmm. The heart is really going to tell us what we value in life. And what is the heart telling us about what we value that we want more of or less of? I don't know that I can narrow it down to one thing, but I guess, you know, the main piece is nothing's wrong with you and you are more powerful than you know. You have way more abilities to move through the waves of emotions than we've been taught. And you can, you know, increase your tolerance little by little, but listening and leaning into the messages of the heart and the body I can't highlight enough. Nothing's wrong with you. Uh, we're we're in a system that does not uh, nurture the soul very much. So also keep peace. Find what nurtures your soul, especially people. Having like that core pod that you can just say anything to. You know my pod because you hang with mm-hmm. them down there in Long Beach. Um, yeah. That's so key. Yeah, sometimes. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, but just who are the folks that you can just be your full self with? In my, in my head, I'm, I'm wanting to give everyone uh, the visual of the four directions and, you know, all those dimensions. You've got the mind, you've got the spirit, you've got the heart and the body. And when that's all active, which is potently speaking to us now, it can feel overwhelming. So whenever you can, um, breathe slower. And, you know, then you can shift your brain from that beta kind of worried um, because we don't know all of this data. Like, whoa, where are all these? What's all this data coming from in my body and my heart? If you breathe slower, you're going to shift your brainwave state into alpha uh, slow. And then let yourself hear all of these wisdoms. Give them voice by writing them down. In sound healing and healing in general, the most powerful and healing thing to your nervous system, to your soul, is the sound of your authentic voice. You're you're just more powerful than you know. <laughs> I can't highlight that enough. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's probably our general theme for the entire podcast is people are just too hard on yeah. themselves. And it's okay to not be okay sometimes. Yeah. But man, if, if you only saw how others saw you, right. you'd be like, yeah it's like, we're just so hard on ourselves sometimes. And maybe if we just, you know, like don't worry about be perfect all the time, okay. just be happy with a little bit of steps that you're doing. And as long as it's in alignment yeah. with your long-term goals, you have nothing to complain yeah. about. Or right? be sad. That, that's another key piece. Like, um, yeah. Be, yeah. just be what you are. <laughs> hey, Ceci, so you're ready for a lightning round. Do you want to do this like Bring 10 it. questions? Bring it. <laughs> So the, so the audience will get to know go. you a little bit. Bring the electricity. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Let's go. Okay, question number one. We got Kobe Bryant or Steph Curry. Oh, jeez. I don't watch sports, but because <laughs> I am... In the Bay, of course, you know Steph Curry. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. How about Far Side or The Souls of Mischief? Oh, dear. That's a hard one, but Far Side. Okay. Edel Panano or Del, the funky Homo sapien? <gasps> Wait, Edel? <laughs> as in Edel Panano in Zeta, or Del? Zeta Firo? Yes. Or, yes. Or Del, the funky Homo sapien? Who's your favorite Del? There you go. Edel? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Chinese food? Okay, Chinese food or Thai food? Oh, dang. Anything with noodles. I can't choose. I can't choose. Oh, I think it's Thai. <laughs> okay, Thai? Thai? Yeah. Oh, Thai is a Thai. Okay, <laughs> bacon wrap hot dogs or tacos? Oh, my goodness. Tacos. <laughs> okay, Alicia Keys or Erica Badu? Badu. Still love Alicia, but Badu. Okay. Okay, E40 or Ice Cube? E40. Okay, therapy or spirituality? Ooh, they're not separate. Compassion or love? Oh, dear. Uh, love, because compassion is in love. Yeah. Yes, it is. That's true. Okay, community or community, oh, Ceci? What? My favorite line, uh, individual healing without community healing is incomplete. 
Oh, there we go. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Sassy Pasia from San Francisco. And go ahead and let us know what your uh, what your website is for uh, one more time before sure. we let Cecil you go. Basila.com, C-E-C-I-L-L-E-B-A-S-I-L-A.com. Thank you for, for having me, Chris. I really appreciate it. All right, everybody, and yeah, so that was our second half of Sessi. I mean, Whew. awesome interview, yeah. friend of the friend of the podcast. I mean, I was like having to pause it every thirty seconds to write down notes for, <laughs> for this part. It's so Dude, you're telling me, right? Yeah. yeah, and so yeah, I mean, so let's go with you, Derek. I mean, what's something that she had brought up that that kind of resonated with you? Yeah, you know, there there one there's this idea that Sessie mentioned, right? She said something along the lines of giving into dominating cultures and suppressing our true selves. And, you know, that's so true, which also plays into something else she said in that there's this notion of believing that there's only one way to live. And so that's a lot of meat in just those two phrases. But see, we have a tendency to mask who we are for whatever reason, unfortunately, Uh allowing the culture to dictate our identity and, you know, who we choose to live out in any given moment, specifically here in the West. And she went more in detail in part one with the whole, you know, shadow side being mm-hmm. the Western, you know, Western hemisphere, not Western hemisphere, but the, you know, the Western culture here in America. Um, and, and I think it relates to that where there's so much pressure to be someone that you're not for whatever reason. Yeah. And when we do that often enough, we end up believing this prepackaged self or this predetermined self and we become confused at who we really are. Um, yeah. You know, you know, take trying to conform to the American culture, for example, right? I, I don't know my own native tongue, right? I don't know mm-hmm. a lot of the traditional customs of the Filipino culture. And, you know, I struggled with discovering my identity at an early age because my parents were trying to build this American life, this American yeah. dream for our family. And it was at the expense of embracing, you know, uh, our culture. In other words, they were giving into the dominant culture at the time just to fit in. And because of their assumptions of what an American should be, they neglected to teach my sister and I the nuances of what a Filipino is. So trying to live out this Filipino-American life was a difficult challenge for me growing up. And you know, I ended up trying to be more American than I was Filipino instead of understanding both cultures and bridging the gap between the two. Um, and sure, there's an argument to be made that validity and impact of code switching, right? Depending on your given situation and circumstances, but, you know, not to the point where you lose yourself in the process. And I think that's what happened to me. I gave into the dominant culture. I suppressed my true self for the sake of wanting to fit in um, and just really trying to discover who I was. And so, yeah, that, that was such an eye opening reminder of, of, of really striving to turn things around and to live out my true self. And I, and I love that when she mentioned, so that's, that was one of the things that stood out for me. Yeah. That's kind of a theme for myself too, with the whole Philippine culture. Yeah. Uh, what about you, uh, Kevin? Well, I can remember back to part one when she talked about shadow work and mm-hmm. I, how that is very freeing for someone. And the, the second part, what really stood out in general was that there's a disc, a disconnect. And I think about my own life, you know, if, if you could tell me that, years ago that well you were a very talented person blah blah i've heard this and then then i still have this image that i'm i'm a young handicapped boy uh-huh. and there's that overriding feeling that still like somehow silently rides with me is that they 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 don't realize that i'm a handicapped person or handicapped and and then my voice coach called me out on that he said you know, you're still holding on to that. And he was saying that some people with good voices, sometimes when they realize that everybody else says that they have a good voice, and this is where it really resonated with me, then you you overcompensate by making sure that that voice is always loud because you always want to let people know, you know, hey, I'm worth something. Hmm. And, I, and I thought about that. I go, I, I really have acted like that all my life. And he's going having me go through an exercise now of just doing what I'll do here is just just talking lower. Hmm. 
further from the mic. He goes, don't worry, the mic can pick you up. And I realized that I've always been overcompensating for something because I always want to get out in front of everybody to say, to say, we'll call it out, you know, Hey, I hope you don't notice my handicap, but you sure I want you to notice my, my voice talent. But, and I, and I'm like overcompensating for that. And so a lot of the things she said in the second interview was there's a, there's a disconnect. And I think we just have to come to the realization that there isn't this disconnect anymore yeah. in the, in the spiritual realm. Right. And that's where do we need to live? We need to live outside the lines and then let God take us back, reorient us, and then walk with them through all these things. And then somehow they make sense. And that's how I think he pitches from right field. Hmm. But you, you, you go one way, then, then he throws the ball and he goes, Hey, I'm over here. I I think about that sound effect of the three stooges. (laughs) Yeah. It's kind of funny. Yeah. Yeah. You're kind of mentioning the whole right field. Yeah. But it's just everything that she says because she's so scientific. And I almost had to listen to it a couple of times going, uh, what did she say? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, What did she say there? She's a whole lot smarter than I am. I'll tell you that much. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like one of the points that I liked was it was actually the yoga. Mm. It was because I've actually practiced it with uh, their friends, Joy. Uh, I haven't practiced yoga with Ceci, but... Uh, I know Kevin's done breathing exercises and in the emotionally healthy spirituality class, they have us meditate. Yeah. And so what was kind of cool is be doing the yoga as you take it a step further, it actually ends up being somewhat of a physical form of prayer. Mm-hmm. And, and that warrior one pose that she's talking about, I don't know exactly yeah. what type of yoga I did, but you have one foot behind you, you're and then one foot in front of you and you're straddling, right? And your spine is base, perfectly balanced, right? in the middle hmm. and you kind of just hold your arms up and yeah, you just kind of balance. And it kind of reminds me of the four square Bible verse, you know, the, the Jesus Christ, the yesterday, today, and forever. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like you have one foot in the past, right. but you're balanced in the present, but you're also looking forward. Right. And, and it's kind of like, that's, what's kind of cool. I'm like, Whoa, this is kind of like the Bible verse personified. <laughs> and, and, and for people to, you know, to be able to make that connection, talk about right field, right? Like yeah. we all, <laughs> we all have like these right field connections with God over this past week. And it, and it's pretty cool. Uh, was there anything else that 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 stood out to you, Derek? Yeah, you know, she also brought up this idea of understanding the colonized mind versus the indigenous mind. Um, yeah, which kind of relates to what I said earlier. But I kind of equate that mentality to even the way Christianity is lived out here yeah. in America, right? The Western, yeah. and I'm not saying it's entirely wrong, but the Western version of Christianity is such a colonized way in contrast to what Jesus taught and lived out and. You know, we we know the history of, of the Christian religion, and we know that it's not what it originally was, right? They say that America is, is a Christian nation, and although that might be true through the lens of the Western way, but I wouldn't go as far as saying America is a Jesus nation because there's a huge difference. And, yeah, you know, the more we understand that there is a huge difference— I think those who identify as Christian can begin separating this Christian nationalistic way of thinking and truly getting down to the nitty gritty of what it means to follow Jesus. Because, you know, one can make the argument that the West version of Christianity would make Jesus sick if he were walking the earth today. In fact, you could even say that the colonized version of Christianity is more Pharisee-like than it is Jesus-like. You know, the, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm thinking about the desire for power, desire for money, ego, greed, position, you know, worldly influence versus the Jesus way, which is selfless service to others, generosity, love, humility. And this is a huge one too. I think about that word meekness, right? Meekness Mm -hmm. means you have all the power and authority, but you reserve yourself. You don't exercise it in a dominating way. And that was Jesus. And so, you know, maybe, and I wouldn't say we as Christians should have an indigenous view of our faith, but I don't know, maybe, right? Because quite honestly, the more I read scripture and, and the more I follow in the footsteps of Jesus through, you know, my readings through the gospels specifically, and I've actually been reading Papyrus 66, which is the, uh, the most earliest manuscript of the book of John. And so, you know, reading that, like you, you look at all the translations that we have now of just specifically the book of John. I mean, that's where it gets its, you know, foundings from, from Papyrus 66. And so, you know, um, and so I'm seeing more and more as I read 
manuscripts like that, and as I cycle through the Gospels over and over and over again, the more I see a different version of the faith than what I'm seeing here in America and through the colonized lens. Um, and so I, I just, you know, that's where my mind went when she was talking about this. And I know that she probably didn't mean it this way, colonized mind versus indigenous mind in relation to religiosity, but that's kind of where my mind went. And mm-hmm. I just so appreciated her going in that direction. And again, I know that applies to just our place now taking it outside of the realm of religiosity, just our place specifically here in America and what it means to be, you know, uh, specifically for me, you know, um, uh-huh. and of course you, Chris, but a person of color and what it means to, um, know that we have, and I'm even going to say that because no one really here in America is or original, right? Everyone yeah. immigrated from yeah. somewhere, exactly. right? And, and, yeah. and whether yeah, like it's- Like gangs in New York, where they were like, oh, we're the natives. Right. Uh, you came here like 50 years ago. Yeah. You, <laughs> you know? know, and so whether it's someone immigrating from the Philippines or from Germany or from Europe, you know, we're all immigrants. And so what does it mean to truly know the self? What does it mean to know our culture and then to live that out here? in America. Um, and, but it does begin with the exploration of mm-hmm. your origins. And so, yeah, that's, that's another thing that I really appreciated from part two. Uh, how about you, Kevin? Any other points? I just thought about how Jesus would, I like what Derek said about how Jesus would react to the society today. I, I think he would be dumbfounded. Mm-hmm. I yeah, think he would be, I think so too. I think he'd be, under, he'd be, there's this understatedness that I love about him because He's so direct, and you talk about people being like the Pharisees. Even this past weekend, Pastor Michelle talked about a, a passage of Scripture where where Jesus just ha- had the Pharisees for lunch, basically. Then they were right in front of their face, and he just stripped them of all their power, and he just looking at them, and he was quoting Scripture to them, and they just <laughs> walked away with their tails between their legs hmm. because he just he just took them down. And I love that about him. When you really look at Jesus' power. You talked about meekness too. Yeah, I think in his meekness, he was very strong. Mm-hmm. It, it, that gives me strength mm-hmm. to see that that he says, you know, follow me and and let's call things out. I go back to that again, but calling things out, about talking about things as they are, destigmatize things. Yeah, bring mm-hmm. it out to the open, shine the light on it, and then then what comes after that is initially pain Mm -hmm. because you're having to deal with it or, but then miraculously healing of some sort. And through all the scientific talk that she gave, that's, that's what I was hearing was, was it, it's all talking about the relationship between your mind, your soul, your spirit, and what everything is trying to to resolve itself. And and there's a war going on. And that's what I liked about this interview is you would listen to it. You'd say, uh, uh, what did she just say? Go back and then if I take part of it again and go, yeah. oh, I agree with that. I agree with that. It was like watching a movie sequel like three times. Yeah. Like one of the things that I kind of picked up on was it was the use of medication, mm-hmm. you know, antidepressants, where she was talking about, yeah, in some cases, you know, in acute cis- or in acute uh, situations, yeah, medication is needed. But eventually in the long run, Sometimes medication is not needed in order to fully heal. Mm-hmm. And and that was probably where I made that connection where where the church really helped out was it was able, you know, me to be able to, to create that oneness with not only myself but with God. And it allowed everything to just kind of line up. Yeah. And then it that's where I got that whole the habit of gratitude, you know, that we had mentioned mm-hmm. in the, the week, week previous. Yeah. yeah. And it's like even now it's just like, wow, I could actually say that. You know, I'm 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 not exactly fully healed. I don't think I ever will. But man, I'm I'm well on my road to recovery, and I'm just feeling really good. And I'm I'm actually gracious about it. Yeah, and that's pretty cool. What about you guys? You got any last thoughts? Yeah, I, you know, it. I just love this talk of healing because, and 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 it's a whole other ballpark when you start talking about spiritual healing, but just the nature of healing in the body. Right. The body. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The body naturally wants to heal and yeah. the body naturally can heal itself. And it's the beauty of how God created us when I mean, we're in a still in a pandemic. But whenever we get sick, it's why we have fevers. It's why we start sweating. It's because it's our body kicking into high gear to kick that foreign object or whatever it might be out of our system. Mm-hmm. And when it works in overdrive to 
kick that virus out or to attack the virus. That's, you know, again, that's why we, you know, that's why we get fevers and that's why we get quote unquote sick. But our body wants to heal. A couple of weeks ago, Jude was at the park and there was this wooden play structure. We call it a tree house, but it's not in a tree, but you know, there's trees that surround it. But, you know, he was doing what people usually do. You just walk around the little play structure and you hold the rails when you're walking down the stairs and it's, it's all wood. And as you can imagine, it's probably not the most safest structure to be in, especially when you're talking about weathered wood. And so he had this inch and a half long splinter that got stuck into his hand. And Mm. I did my very best to do what a dad knows to do for his kids. And I try to pull that thing out with tweezers and it was not budging. So we had to go to the ER and they actually had to cut the top layer of his skin to get that thing out. And that thing was massive, but, you know, and so we waited, we waited maybe about three hours to actually go to the hospital. And just because, you know, we were at the park and we were waiting for Ezra to finish up basketball. And then by the time we got home, I tried to pluck it out myself. And so we finally got to the ER about three hours later. And I kid you not, again, going back to how the body wants to heal. I mean, that thing started healing over the, it was all, the doctor said it, 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 it's, a, it's taking a lot longer because the, the body is already healing over it. And, you know, cause it's a foreign object in the body and, you know, our system goes into high gear to try to get that thing out and try to take care of it. And so, um, you know, same thing with even mental health, you know, mm-hmm. our body wants to, you know, whatever, whether, you know, whatever the chemical compounds are in our brains or in our minds, it kicks into high gear to try to, you know, make us whole again. And mm-hmm. yeah, I, I agree. Medication is needed at times, but the challenge is, is not to become so reliant on the medication that, yes. you know, we become so addicted to it. And so um, I just, I'm just fascinated by how God created our bodies and how, you know, yes, at times we're going to need medication. Yes, at times we're going to need prayer and we're going to need a divine intervention to heal our bodies. But our bodies, because of how we are created, naturally will heal. And mm-hmm. it's, it's where we are godly beings. We're not God, of course, but we're godly beings. We are created in, in his image and likeness, right? The scriptures say that our bodies are the temples that house the Holy Spirit. And so um, even from a spiritual perspective, the we were designed to heal and be in this constant mm-hmm. state of healing. And that's what I love about it. Yeah. yeah. How about you, Kevin? Any last thoughts? Yeah. And I, I love how Derek prefaced this talking about, about health. And I think about my own health. And recently I got the second shot of the Pfizer COVID vaccine. Going into that, I realized that the side effects were going to be a lot more pronounced. Mm-hmm. And so I, I got with my doctor and, and this is, I, love, I love how you preface that with this. He said, you're, when you have, when you take the shot, Kevin, and he says, and you have what they call a reaction, he says, you got to have to remember you're not really sick. And that stuck with me Mm -hmm. when he said, you're not really sick and keep telling yourself that you're not really sick because what you want to have this, this reaction will be happening. It's because your body is shoring up. It's you want this reaction to happen. And so going into that, I was not afraid of it, but I did have some reactions, but, but, but what was able to temper that was to tell myself, I could hear my doctor's voice going, saying to me, you're not re- really sick. Mm-hmm. You're you're not catching anything. This this will pass. And so knowing that a lot more freeing when you, when you know that this is supposed to happen. When you solve your problems like this, you like the Egyptians or the people with Moses would say, you know, waters never part unless your feet get wet. Yeah. God can do everything for you, but you have to go through the door. You have to step through the door, and sometimes that that is not an easy thing to do. Yeah, like 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 for me, like the last thing that I have is yeah. I mean, what's kind of cool is we were able to take three totally separate sectors, you know, art, religion, and science, and they're all agreeing. I mean, we all have this negative voice, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. That really dictates it, 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 and it really beats us down. And it's like, hey, man, we're good enough. If 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 we just saw the way that we see ourselves or see ourselves the way how others see us. It's like, dude, you know, there's no need to beat ourselves up so much and we could show some gratitude and show some self-love and it'll spread out into the community. And, you know, when your cup's full, it's going to overflow with love. And I think 
once you start making those connections, you're like, oh, now it's starting to make sense. Yeah. 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 That's cool. Well, hey, that being said, you know, it is May and May is Mental Health Awareness Month. And so if you're listening now and you are having some troubles with your mental health, if you are dealing with depression, anxiety, uh, even, you know, recovering from some trauma and you just are at your wits end, we all, and I I think I can speak for all three of us, reach out to somebody. You don't have to go at it alone. You are not alone. Uh, This is a, a reminder that you are enough that, you know, the world needs you. And, you know, if you really want to reach out to someone and you are, you want some professional help, uh, Ceci's information is in the show notes. You can reach out to her and she will do a wonderful job and she'll take care of you. Um, we all recommend her. And, you know, if you're looking for someone local, you can email us at breathepodcasts at gmail.com and we can get you some referrals. But Again, don't go at it alone. Uh, you are worth a lot and just want to encourage you uh, to, to, to reach out. Um, so thank you again for tuning in to such an important, not necessarily important show, although our show is important, I think, but to an important episode, especially yeah. when it comes to mental health. Uh, but thank you again for tuning in. Thanks again for supporting the show. Don't forget, as we say every week, to rate and review our podcast. Make sure you hit the follow button or the subscribe button depending on what platform you listen to podcasts we'll see you on instagram at breathe.podcast and of course if you are moved in any way and want to be a producer of the show head to our patreon page and we will greatly 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 and with as much humility appreciate the support so until next time be the light extend your hand in love and make peace with someone this upcoming week stay blessed and we'll catch you next time peace